Today is Wednesday, April 14th. The title for our devotional is Prayer for Protection. Within this prayer in John 17, Jesus essentially prays five different prayers for his disciples and future followers. First, he prays for them to have his joy. Second, he prays for them to be with him. We covered those two last week. Thirdly, he prays for them to be kept in Christ and protected from the world. Fourth, he prays for them to be sanctified. And fifth, he prays for them to be unified. These prayers are on top of his prayer for his glory to be made known to them and for the Father to glorify him. We talked about those last week as well as one and two above. These themes are interwoven throughout the prayer and kind of difficult to untangle. So for the rest of the week, we're going to focus on 3, 4, and 5 in the devotional and do our best to see where they are highlighted in the prayer. John 17, 11 through 16 says this, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. And not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So in verse 11b, Jesus prays for the Father to keep his disciples in his name. That is, to protect them in their faithfulness to Jesus. If you're reading this in the NIV, it translates the phrase, by the power of your name. The difference is in the Greek preposition, en. It could be used either way, and the context must determine which one is meant. In this case, the locative use is likely better as the ESV translates it, rather than the instrumental use, by. This seems to fit better as the location for their unity being in the name of Jesus, as he prays in the second half of the verse. Either, however, is possible. The meaning in the ESV then is similar to one of the Apostle Paul's favorite phrases to describe the believer as being in Christ. Jesus' prayer is then for them to remain faithful to everything he taught and lived for. He prays that they would continue to know Christ, believe in him, being from the Father, and know the Father. He is sure to note in verse 12 that Judas's betrayal was not a failure on his part to keep the disciples in his name, but was instead a fulfillment of scripture and God's sovereign plan. So we talked about this prayer in verse 13 for his disciples to have his joy last week, so we won't cover that today. In verses 14 to 16, he emphasizes the disciples' need for protection because of the hatred of the world. Since the disciples are gods and they are therefore not of the world and they are not leaving the world as Jesus is, They will need God's protection. Since they are in Christ and not of the world, that is the created order in rebellion against God, they will need protection from the evil one. What we see here is that the deck is stacked up against the disciples. Jesus is leaving and no longer able to guard them in the same way that he did in his earthly ministry. They are no longer of the world, so they will be hated by the world. They must contend with the temptations of the evil one. So Jesus here mediates with the Father, pleading for their continued protection and their joy, even in the face of these severe disadvantages. For additional content today, I've linked you to another D.A. Carson article, this time in Desiring God, 
which is John Piper's website, uh, which contains a lot of his teachings. Um, the title of this article is The Supremacy of Christ and Love in a Postmodern World. He gave this talk at the Desiring God conference in 2006, where he's going through John 17 and the high priestly prayer of Jesus here. In case you haven't noticed, I'm referencing D.A. Carson a lot because his work on the Gospel of John I think is really, really good. And John can be quite difficult to interpret, so we need a lot of clarity around the uh, language that John uses and what he is saying here. So I'd encourage you to head over there and give that article a read. For reflection time today, consider the beautiful truth that Jesus prays for your protection. Before we go any further, let's pause for a quick Bible study note. How do we apply this scripture to us? Jesus here is praying for his disciples, right? Can we simply apply this prayer to us, those who believe in Jesus, 2,000 years later? In this case, I think we can, because elsewhere in scripture we read of this truth. Hebrews 7.25 says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. The book of Hebrews regularly talks about Jesus mediating in high priestly ministry for all believers. So this one I think we can apply to us directly, but we can't just jump to it. We have to see it in other scriptures first. So if you are among those whom God has given him, as uh, this text says, Jesus prays for your preservation and protection. Sit with that and rest secure in Jesus' mediating prayers for your faithfulness to his gospel.